welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday the 24th of September 2016. Now this, interestingly, or the podcast on Monday, is going to be the 30th episode, and this was my original target date for a trial run of this podcast. So uh, just like I did with blogging, I think it was 2008 when I started blogging, um, when I did my first blog post, I hadn't got a clue whether I was going to keep it up for any length of time, and it was the same with the podcast. I've been putting a podcast off since, I think it was about, must be 2009, 2010, I used a bit of software ages ago um, and interviewed uh, another marketer and I can't even remember what the software was and I just gave it a try found out that I could do it but just was not ready to commit to doing a podcast and I've thought about it on and off on and off for so many years and really the bottom line for me always has been if you start it how long are you going to carry it on for is it going to be something that you can fit into your life so when I started this podcast I was really keen to get to get going with one and so I set an original target of the 30th of uh, September, the end of September, which just happens to be, I think it was a six month run, uh, roughly. And I think, I'm just trying to think what the other thing was. Uh, oh yes, it, it ties in with my um, corporation tax years. It was just a good date to go for because I tend to, to target my business on corporation tax years. So the 30th of episode is Monday and I've currently got guests booked right through to the 28th of November now. In actual fact, I think we're through to about December, uh, in actual fact. And all but two of those are recorded and edited. So as you can guess, I am going to continue the uh, podcast. Um, my view with the podcast is that, you know, even if even if I were to stop at episode 30, what you've got there is, um, you know, an encyclopedia, uh, an evergreen record of the authors and the people that I've I've interviewed. So even if you stop at episode 30, you've still built something that has some residual value that can just sit there forevermore um, and people can get to benefit from it. Now, I have found that I've been able to keep the podcast up. It's part of my routine now. So I am going to set the next target to the episode 52 mark. Now, I listen to podcasts uh, that have been going for 200 episodes, 100 episodes. And I have to say, I really admire the people who've done them and kept going that long. It's very, very uh, impressive. It does take quite a lot of time. For instance, this week, I think I've had three, maybe four interviews to process. It takes uh, a long time to do. Um, So it is quite a time commitment. I would say um, I really enjoy it. It's great fun. I love doing the interviews, talking to the authors, getting some great tips and information about that. One of the things I am considering is doing some element of, of outsourcing. I'm doing a lot of of editing and processing and running through Orphonic and uploading to Libsyn. A lot of that's very clerical work and probably not the best kind of work that I should be doing. So I am beginning to consider about outsourcing a lot of the stuff that's involved with the podcast. But I'm certainly setting the year mark as the next target date. And target dates are just things I do all the time. Um, I think it's a good thing to do. You know, it's crazy. What's the, there's a there's an Einstein quote, isn't it? You know, the definition of madness is is doing the same thing again or something and getting the same result, something like that. Uh, I've completely misquoted it, but uh, if you know that quote, you'll recognise it from my misquote. Um, and, and and so to me, I don't just blindly keep doing things. I 
at the end of the 30th episode, I look at how many downloads we're getting. I look at what kind of uh, communities being built, what sort of interaction feedback I, I'm getting online. Um, and, and frankly, you know, if I was just if I was just broadcasting or singing to an empty hall, then I'd give it up and say, well, actually, this is probably not a good use of my time. And again, I think with podcasts, my attitude with the podcast is probably you just got to do it. Just turn up and do it for a year and forget it. Don't think too hard about results and how many downloads you've got or anything like that. Just roll up and do it for a year and, and then think about it. So that's what I'm going to do. We're going for the episode 52 mark, which is sometime, I think it's March, something like that, when we have the year anniversary. And uh, we're going to crack on till then. And then I'll do another one of my reviews. But I'm tremendously uh, enjoying it. Uh, the one thing that probably is going to change is the podcast diary. Now, let me just tell you what I'm going to do with the diaries. They're going to continue on Saturdays now until I finish the first draft of my third thriller. Then it's going to be taking a break after uh, Saturday the 29th of October. So the last podcast diary is going to be Saturday the 29th of October and that will be the week unless <laughs> something goes wrong that will be the week that I finish writing my trilogy my thriller trilogy now that means that you will have been with me all the way through writing three thriller trilogies it's hard to say that three thriller trilogies and after that we're good to go into the boring stuff like the editing the rewriting the fairly dull stuff so for domestic reasons as well, it's a good time for me to pause the podcast diaries at Saturday the 29th of October. So the podcast interviews will be continuing on the Mondays, but the diaries will just run until, what is it, it's, uh, well, it's almost a month, it's about five more weeks, however long it takes me to just finish the first draft of my book, and then you would have been with me all the way through, what is it, 270,000 words and three novel, three novels writing them. And then we get on to the fairly clerical and dull stuff with the editing. Um, so I think that's a, a fairly good way of, of running the diaries. I've been listening to a guy, I think his name's called Colin Gray. He's a UK podcaster. And he talks very much in terms of doing seasons in podcasts where, you know, you maybe you don't set yourself up for a fall. And I'm quite interested in that idea. So his idea is that you might do, you might just initially target a podcast with 10 episodes. And those 10 episodes might be, people in their first year of self-publishing and then you just talk to people like that and then maybe you have a four-week break and then you come back to the podcast but I don't want to do that I don't want to have a break from the podcast um, but I do like this idea of seasonality and I do think the podcast diary when I stop doing the writing because I probably stopped doing the writing for a little while it'll get a little bit dull while we're doing the editing so I'm just going to rest that for a while and we'll come back to it but in the meantime we'll have generated what well, it'll be about 35 weeks we'll have uh, about 25 weeks of me writing a, a book which I think is a very valuable resource for anybody who's going through that same process so just a date for your diary and you know what I'm like I may change that it may all get reinvented and thrown up in the air and changed again but at the moment I'm planning to rest the podcast diary on Saturday the 29th of October had a really uh, interesting week for podcast recordings. I must admit, I, I feel like I'm chasing my tail a little bit at the moment. I seem to have so much on and maybe taking off a little bit more than I can chew. So I, I am reorganising things, restructuring things a little bit just to make sure all the work gets done. Uh, this week uh, I edited, uh, I, I recorded three and I've edited four uh, podcast interviews and then done the pages for them and then the research and all of that. And uh, I talked to Kerry Fisher 
who I met at the Festival of Writing, Joanne Phillips, who I kind of I didn't meet through the Festival of Writing. I found through the Festival of Writing because she's teaching a self-publishing course at Writer's Workshop. And I'm also, also this week, I chatted to Ginny Carter, who is a, a ghostwriter and she helps people to write business books. We did that interview and I discovered and met Ginny on Twitter, which is just proving a brilliant resource for me um, in my author work. Um, great fun interviews. A lot of laughs uh, on the interviews this week. Uh, packed with information. They've all got such different stories, such different strategies. Um, it's so, um, I, I don't know, I, I guess I find it encouraging to hear um, the, the trials and tribulations of people who have really had to work to get self-published. Uh, Joanne Phillips did an amazing thing. She told me how much she earns. Now, uh, Joanne is a successful um, indie author, but she's not, say, in the league of the massive indie author. So she's doing very well. I'd be very happy to be doing as well as Joanne is. And she shared with me on that interview how much she earns per year net as an indie author. It's a fascinating figure and discussion, so make sure you, you listen to that. Kerry Fisher just had a devil of a job uh, getting published originally, and then she did get published, and she talked us through how that happened and the experience. And uh, Ginny does business books, and I'd completely forgotten this. When I talk about my self-publishing career, I completely forget to mention a book that I did in 2013 called, I'm just rem reminding myself of the title, it's on the shelf, uh, Total Marketing Success. It's a book I did with a, a chap called Phil Turner. We were working together on a project at the time, and we needed to produce a book quickly. I always forget to put that in my um, self-publishing repertoire. You know, it's a nice book. It's beautifully produced. It was on Amazon uh, for the period that we needed it for. Now it's off. You, you can't buy it now. I think uh, last time I saw it, it was on Amazon China or something. I can't remember where it was. Some, somewhere very obscure. Um, and Ginny does that. She writes business books. It was really interesting to talk to Ginny about that. And it brought back loads of memories for me from stuff that I was doing with Phil, you know, three, four years ago now. So those are podcast recordings coming up. Um, writing this week is actually, this This is a really good sort of episode because probably you've heard me over the, what, the last 20 weeks I've been doing the podcast diary. You've probably heard me sometimes sounding gung-ho and like somebody always gets the writing done. And I sound like Sometimes I think, you know, someone who sort of never fails to get the writing done. And um, I, th I am well planned and I, I think generally I'm fairly well disciplined. But this week I've had a um, difficult week with the writing. Uh, I just haven't been up to it, to be <laughs> frank with you. I'm not ill or anything like that. Um, I had a writing day scheduled on Thursday. But uh, I can't remember what happened. Something changed on Thursday. Um, we've had a lot of changes to the schedule this week. And I'm not good out of routine. Uh, I, I'm very good in routine, but the minute my routine gets disrupted, I'm very uh, poor and I find it hard to to adjust. And it's been a week like that this week. I just haven't been able to start at the times that I would normally start. Uh, I think my wife's working days were out this week. So it just, it throws me tremendously. It's ridiculous that something as simple as that throws me, but it has. Um, so I was supposed to be writing on Thursday. Uh, I didn't. I was supposed to be writing on Friday, the day today that I'm recording this. It's why I'm recording this, so I'm remaining productive, even though I'm not writing. Um, so I haven't written on two of the days I was supposed to be writing this week. That is incredibly unusual for me. If you follow these podcast diaries, you'll know that I've done, I think I've done pretty well 19 weeks back to back and haven't failed to turn up to do the writing. So I've still been extremely productive in that time. I just haven't been... Uh, up to the writing and it's a bit of a, I don't know what it is it's a, a bit of a confidence thing really sometimes um, I have little confidence crashes um, as I'm sure all authors do this kind of 
feeling that, you know, am I wasting my time? Is this crazy? Should I just go off, you know, have a lot of fun, go out for meals with my wife, you know, watch Netflix and stop locking myself away in my study to do this? Um, you know, or, or should I press on? Now, I always come back to press on. Um, I always do. But um, I am having a little detour uh, at the moment and I just need to get my head right so I can sit down and I can do my words. Now, another thing is, and, and this, you know, this it, it's very good when it works in that because I'm so routinized, you've heard for the last 19 weeks, I can get out and do my writing on the scheduled days. But when my routine is, is disrupted, I'm extremely poor at times like that. I'm terrible with disrupted routines. Um, it throws me out and you know I'm not the sort of person who could say oh there, there you go I'm not going to get my 5,000 words done today I'll just sit and write a thousand you see I can't do that I can't sit and write a thousand and say oh there you go I've got a thousand done I got to sit down and get the 5,000 done because that's what I targeted so this is perhaps a useful insight you know into my lack of flexibility and where you then have a an Achilles heel and that's my Achilles heel I'm not good at um, dealing with disruption and stuff that's unpredictable. Now, let me just talk a little bit more about this because this will give you an insight into how I plan. Because I've got my planning sheet in front of me here. I have a planning sheet. As you know, I have a, a quarterly planning board and then I move the things that I have to do onto my weekly planning sheet. And because I've got a weekly planning sheet, I know that I can shuffle the deck and still get the writing done. So for instance, the writing is gonna get done on Saturday and Sunday. That's what I'm now planning to get my words done. And what I've done is I've moved over things that I was going to do on Saturday and Sunday. I've moved them over to Thursday and Friday. So when I have one of these, what we call a crash, I don't sit there twiddling my thumbs doing nothing. I've still been massively productive on those days. I just haven't done the thing that I was supposed to be doing. So it's good to make me come to Saturday with all the more resolve because when I get up on Saturday, I want to be up at five on Saturday and write before the family are up because I'm going to make sure I get my writing done on that day. Can't slip on that day or I get behind my schedule. So this is where it swings and roundabouts. You know, okay, I've, I've slipped by two days, but my resolve will be there and I will be writing on Saturday morning. I will get that writing done. You know, it's going to take getting knocked down by a bus to stop me doing that. Now, I think probably the reason that I'm feeling this way, and I, you know, it, it's only right that I share the, the the bits that are difficult as well as the bits that go well. I think the reason for this is I am feeling a little bit overwhelmed running three books at the moment. I have bitten off a lot. Um, and the other thing is I really don't enjoy editing. I hate it. Uh, I, I, I love the creative process, but I really struggle with the edits. And I hear so many other authors saying that they love the um, they hate the first draft and they love the edits. I, I really can't abide the edits. You know, to, to me, it's the most... Uh, I've got to, I'm have got going to have to find a way of shifting my mindset to thinking of it as being a creative thing because to me, it feels like a nitpicky thing. And I know you've got to do it because you've got to get the quality up, but I'm, I'm terrible with this. When I've written a book, I would rather... You know, I'd rather have the ideas. I'd rather be creative and I'd rather sign it off to somebody and say, take care of that now. Make that, make that good for me. Um, and, and I know that's terrible, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get over this. But it is my biggest sticking point with the writing is the editing bit. So we're all good to go. I mean, I'm all planned. I know where I'm going with um, book three, The Forgotten Children. I mean, that book's going really well. I've just delivered my first body in it. So um, when I pick up tomorrow, I've got the plans done. I know what I'm writing. Um, Saturday, Sunday, I've got to write Thriller 3. So I want to get 10,000 words done. And then on Monday... Um, 
I'm on a deadline because um, my proofreader, copy editor, Helen Fazal, needs The Murder Place, which is book two. She needs that on, well, by the end of the week. I promise that by the 1st of October for Helen. So I've got to get that done. Now, I've been through it. It's all been read and I've been through it once. And I just need to run it through. Is it Pro Writing Aid I'm reading, uh, I'm using at the moment just to check for repeat words? I want to move some swear words. There's quite a lot of swearing in it. It's quite an adult book. And I just wanted to remove a few swear words and things. So I got that to do on Monday. I'll spend that day on Monday. Uh, and then I got a couple of client days. I'm doing some training and some client days next week. And then I got writing on Thursday and Friday. So we should be able to pick it all up. And then in actual fact, my my schedule frees up a little bit. I just had so much on it. It's just been wall to wall, you know, podcast interviews, writing, editing, doing client work. Uh, I, I think I've just had too many things on, uh, too many different things on and having to adjust gear too much. And I think that's why I've struggled with the writing. But my schedule just starts to free up a little bit. I'm actually seeing free, free days. And by free days, I mean all the work gets done. And there are days that are unallocated, which is always very nice to see. So I'm quite looking forward to that. Once I get through next week, which is another devil of a week, uh, and then I hopefully we'll see some, some light there. Um, so there you go. That's just an insight into... Um, you know what? It's not a bad week. It'll only be a bad week if I haven't got my ten thousand words written by Sunday. Uh, that then it will be a bad week because then I'm struggling. I'm going to have to really reshuffle my diary to make sure I get the book written in time. But I'm fairly confident that I will get the writing done on Saturday and Sunday. Um, so what have I been doing instead? Well, I, I just this is what I was saying. I've got a lot on at the moment, and I've probably taken too much on. Um, I'm doing a presentation for the Alliance of Independent Authors. Um, I was looking at my schedule thinking, yeah, I've got to get that in fairly soon. So um, I just recorded that yesterday. That's what I did yesterday. So I did the slides. It's uh, uh, Interestingly, it's actually about time management. It's about time management in writing. I think it was um, Orna Ross follows me on uh, Twitter and had obviously seen me doing my word counts on Twitter and sharing a few time management articles. And, and I wouldn't um, never sort of count myself as a time management expert but when I tell people how many words I get written and people express amazement at how many words I get done um, then I guess in some ways I, I am but I always look at the people who are doing way more than me and think well that's what I call a time management expert those are people who are doing really well but um, Horner asked me to do a presentation on uh, time management for authors and how I manage my time and the tools techniques that I use so I'm going to be sharing that so I recorded it yesterday you know did the web page with the resources did the slides um, I cut. I actually cut four versions of it because it was too long, and I've sent the Alliance of Independent Authors uh, an hour-long version because that's what they like. But I will probably, after that's been broadcast, I'll probably make the full-length version available, maybe as a webinar, an autoplay uh, webinar to build my list. But I'll, I'll wait until it's been broadcast the first time and then put the different cut up. And this this is just a technique that I learned um, as an internet marketer that in digital, in a digital sense, you do the work once and you use it many times. So because I've got a completely different cut of it, um, I'll, I'll use that cut and, and use that for myself. And then the Alliance of Independent Authors will have first bite at it. They can put that on their site and both will work for me um, on an ongoing basis. The other thing that I've got to do at the moment is I'm doing a presentation, when is it, two weeks time? On the 8th of October, for the Borderlines Festival. Now, this, this is a, a writing festival that's in my, my home city of Carlisle, uh, and I'm doing a three-hour self-publishing presentation, a workshop. And uh, I was quite pleased to see 
uh, because you know when you do these workshops, you never know whether no one's going to turn up and it's going to be empty, or hopefully you're going to fill the room. Um, I know we're not we're not it's not a very big room that we've got to do, but um, I tweeted about it the other day, and the Borderlines Festival people said you need to move on because there's not many tickets left for that one now, which is very nice. It's always nice if we're selling some tickets. Um, so I got to get that presentation done uh, at some point as well. Um, I'm still considering the Curtis Brown course, um, which I'll need to get the application done next week. Um, so <laughs> you can see, uh, you probably see why I feel a little bit overwhelmed at the moment. I'm having to really just plan all of this in to make sure that it gets done. And in between that, of course, I've got clients to see and client web work to do as well. Um, you know, because that's what keeps the roof over everybody's head. So it is very, uh, very interesting times. But as I say, we've got next week to get through, and then I start to see some uh, some gaps in there, which is very nice. The the other thing I'm doing next week is I'm interviewing um, Andrew Bromley for the podcast, who is from Ingram Spark, um, I, and I'm really looking forward to that because I, I have published through Ingram Spark, but I took my titles off it, and I want to dig really deep with Andrew. Um, you know about how it works, about the ISBNs that you need with Ingram Spark, about where they distribute and and how people can access your books, but also about some of the technical issues, things like um, the discounts that you have to give to retailers and the sale or return issues. There's a lot of things I want to dig into personally there from my own experience. I'm really looking forward to doing uh, that interview next week. Uh, a little bit of excitement for me. You'll know that um, <laughs> that I do my quarterly planning board. And if you listen to these podcast diaries, you'll know that I get very excited when it's time to wipe the board and, and plan for a new quarter. So I've got it scheduled in my weekly planner. Next um, Friday, I'll be doing my planning board for, is it called quarter four, for goodness sake? That, that'll be the last quarter of the year. So that's going to be very interesting too. Um, what else am I doing at the moment? Uh, I just want to give you an insight into why I probably sound as scatty as I do at the moment. Oh, the, the other thing, and this is one of the things I said in my presentation for the Alliance of Independent Authors, um, I think it's really important to to celebrate stuff. You've got, you've got to celebrate the stuff that you're achieving. And um, we're off out for a meal next week, myself and my wife, because um, th this is a little habit we've got into uh, you know, just celebrating books being finished and completed. And this one's overdue. Um, we were going to do it when the last book was finished, and we didn't. Um, so we, we postponed it for a bit, and, and actually we're, we're going out uh, next week for a meal, and that's a little meal just to celebrate having written uh, the last the last book that I wrote. But I do think it's important, um, you know, when you're self-employed, when you work for yourself, or even if, if you are employed and you're trying to fit your author career around it, you know, we're all busy, busy, busy. And I think it's important to mark the milestones and the successes. So that's what we'll be doing uh, next week. And the other thing I'm doing at the moment, um, we're, we're in a, a little bit of a, a transition stage. Is I'm, I'm changing my uh, business status from limited company to uh, sole trader again. Um, so I'm going through that at the moment as well. And I've got a nice little bit of software and using a brilliant bit of software. Uh, let me just put it up on my computer because I can't remember what it's called. I love it. I wish I'd known about this before. It's by the QuickBooks people and it's called, it's it's Intuit. So I-N-T-U-I-T, -T, Intuit QuickBooks. And I'm using their QuickBooks self-employed software. So when my corporation, um, what's it called? Corporation tax, my corporation tax year ends in September. And um, then I'm going to be um, just, you know, regular self-employed. Uh, what's it called? 
self-employed. It just goes through self-assessment anyway. Um, and I shall be running everything through this Intuit QuickBooks. It's wonderful. Very, very easy. Last time I was self-employed, it all used to be done on a, on a spreadsheet. But frankly, that bit of software is just wonderful. It brings all the bank accounts in and you can say, you know, what goes on the business and whatever. So um, the, the reason for that, I mean, nothing, nothing complicated is that... Um, I did need to be a limited company um, a while back, and now, frankly, I don't. My sources of income uh, come from, uh, from from a contract, which just goes straight into my bank account, into my business bank account. I have my author income, and we have income from some other sources as well that we've built up over years. We've got property uh, income as well. Um, so it's really just a matter of managing those sources and um, you know putting it through um, self-assessment. Self-assessment, frankly, is just e easier for me to do now rather than having to get into the corporation tax years, having to file accounts, you know, once a year and all the other things that you have to do when you're a limited company. There's just no benefit to me being a limited company anymore. Um, I've not got it. I don't do anything that anybody can sue me for. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't have a premises or anything like that. So I just my accounting was just getting so simple. And then it comes, you know, it either comes into one of two business bank accounts uh, or it comes through uh, my PayPal account. Um, I just thought, you know, this might as well just go through a bit of software now. Um, so that's what I'm doing. I almost did it last year. Uh, I almost did it last year. I can't remember what made me change last year, but I almost did it and I didn't. Um, but this year I'm having to self-assess anyway um, for property income. So I just figured, you know what, we might as well just stick it all in together and um, I'll go sole trader. That was the word I was looking for earlier. Uh, and I'm, I'm so I'm changing that around the end of the month. I, I've uh, my accountant will finish off and, and close the business, uh, uh, close the limited company. I beg your pardon, and um, you know file the accounts and do all the bits that we have to do for company's house, uh, and, and then I will just keep my accounts now uh, myself uh, on an ongoing basis using that bit of software. Um, so that's another change that's going on. What else have I got to tell you? Oh. Um, Oh, I know. Yes, Facebook ads. I need to tell you about Facebook ads. And sorry, this is going on again this week, but I hope it's uh, informative for you. Um, I had a big bill from Facebook ads this week. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I kind of knew it because I was watching the, the amounts going up. Um, but they, they sent me an email and said, oh, it's a 200 quid bill for your Facebook ads this week. And when you get a 200 quid bill, when you're watching it go up at £16 a day or, you know, 25 quid a day, you think, oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And then a 200 quid bill comes in. You think, oh, that's a lot of money. Uh, I better have a look at this and see what we're getting for this now. So I've paused the Facebook ads for now, and I just wanted to talk you through the figures because what I need to do is I need to make time now. Having run some, uh, you know, about 200, I think I've run, what have I done? 218 pounds I've spent on Facebook ads now. Um, so um, I, I've run it across a lot of different ads. Uh, I've got some numbers now. And what I need to do is is go back to Mark Dawson's training, having done it, and set it up for myself and need to see what kind of numbers I need to be getting from from Mark's figures and look at the things that I need to be tweaking and what needs to stay, what needs to go. So I kind of need to refresh my memory about what I'm supposed to be concentrating on. But let me give you some numbers here. Um, I think the cost of leads is too high, but I need to go back to Mark Dawson's training to check this. So I spent £218.15, pence, for which I, I got 157 leads. So on average, I'm paying one pound thirty-eight per lead. Now, that, you know, if I if I were selling things that were a hundred quid a time, I, I wouldn't worry about that at all. But I'm selling books, which make me very little money at all, and, and that's why I'm jittery 
about the cost of a lead there. That feels like too much to me. Now I know, and Mark will say this, you know, I'm not, I, I'm getting a long-term customer. I'm buying a customer. I'm not making a book sale. What I'm getting for my leads is a customer. So this is why I want to get back to the training and just see, you know, what, you, what were you paying for a lead, Mark? What do you think is an acceptable amount and do all of this? Now, those numbers are, are skewed by two campaigns that just didn't work. It was like, you know, letting a, a greyhound out of a trap and it just tripped over in the first seconds that, you know, these ads just didn't work for whatever reason. The picture was wrong. The message is wrong. No one was interested. Um, so those the cost of those is very high um and, and they were costed you know about three or four pound per lead so they were immediately killed those ones because they you know that's way too much um even though they were for a high ticket product so in that case i totted up the numbers i paid for the one for the for the campaigns that worked i paid 161 pounds and threepence to get 144 leads, those were in the successful campaigns, so that was £1.11 per lead. Now, that may still be too expensive. So as I say, I've got some data now. I ran some ads. I ran some ads on, you know, with different messages. So I, I've got to go. I've got to find time now, and I'm not going to have time to do it for a week or two. I've got to go back through Mark's training to reassess and find out what kind of results are the people are getting and, and, and figure out whether it's working for me. Now, what I can say is I've seen an uptake in my figures in buy-throughs. So what people are buying, so I've been giving away in exchange for a lead, the grid one and the secret bunker one. And I've been seeing on my stats now, constant buy-throughs on the grid two and three and the secret bunker two and three, which is what we would expect. And I've been seeing box sets. And I wasn't really shifting any box sets. And since I've been doing these lead campaigns, um, the way that I do it is I get your lead and then on the thank you page, you get to access all the box set options. Um, so it's what we call a, it's like a one-time offer page. When I was internet marketing, when, when somebody buys something off you or registers, you always, you always offer them something at a higher price. And because I'm paying £1.11 a lead, what I really want people to do is to take the free book and then buy a box set. That's really what I want them to do, because then I make my money back on the lead. Because I do make money off a box set. Uh, a box set's priced at £9.99. So if, what if I take 70% of that? What's that? It's about seven quid. So if I'm making seven quid, say six quid on a box set, then I could, have pay, I could afford to pay a pound for a lead because I'm still fiver up on the deal. And I've got myself a reader. So these are the kind of numbers we're doing. But I need to see what Mark Dawson's saying in his training. So I, having done the training and learned how to set all this up, I now want to go back and do, uh, go over the bits again to see what tweaks I can make, to see whether that is actually a successful campaign or not. The, the thing that surprised me Mark's campaign um, is that he always said that you pay for um, impressions, whereas I have always in my past paid for, um, for clicks. I pay for clicks generally. So I pay for actions, not for, you know, for views. Now, I think the philosophy behind this is, is that it, although somebody might not click and get your book, they're being exposed to it. And the repeated exposures then, um, if you know anything about business, most people say it takes at least seven contacts for somebody uh, with your business, for somebody to buy from you. So, so, so I get that. I, I get that the repeats are good. But I, I might, I, I'm going to go through the training again and I might just try a couple on pay-per-click. The other thing is, is that Facebook, because I'm spending some money now, only 200 quid, but Facebook has started to stalk me now and offer me... Uh, a sort of one-to-one -one with um, a sales consultant. So that's something else I'm going to take them up on, but I haven't got time yet. So that's going to have to come in. When I said to you on my schedule, I got some free pockets coming up. That's how I'm going to fill those free pockets um, looking at this again. So there's the numbers. Um, 
I'd be interested to hear what you think of those. If you've got experience with Facebook, let me know how you're doing and what you think of those costs per lead, because I'm I'm sort of fairly new at this. I, I need to get somebody else's data to know whether that's good, bad or indifferent. Uh, last thing to tell you about then on Sunday. So you should be listening to this. If you're listening to this on Saturday, the 24th or Sunday, the 25th, I'm doing a WordPress in one hour for authors presentation on Sunday the 25th at 7 o'clock UK time um, and I haven't done a webinar in ages I used to do loads of them when I was internet marketing and um, you know it was just like it used to be when I did radio shows you just press all the buttons and off you go and you know exactly what you're doing and um, I don't know why I haven't really done webinars in ages I haven't, I haven't really had anything to sell I think that's probably why but actually you don't have to have anything to sell when you do webinars you can just do them to, to teach people and I do enjoy the teaching to be honest with you. I used to enjoy you know the feedback and the, uh, the banter um, on, on webinars so um, you'll have heard if you listen to these diaries that I was saying that I tried ConvertKit recently uh, decided not to use it I don't think for my taste it's not quite ready yet uh, to, to, to invest in and and so I kept with GetResponse, and with GetResponse I get a free webinar software, and um, and so um, it's really good. It's a really good webinar software. Um, I, I really like the the setup on it. I've I've never since I go to webinars very expensive if you've ever used it, but it's very good. Um, and I've been looking for ages for a replacement for GoToWebinar because it's so darn expensive. Um, you know, not really something I want to commit to for the the fits and starts that I do webinars with. Um, and when I saw this get response version, it's great because it does something that I really need. And you'll see this if you join me on the webinar on Sundays. It lets me draw on the screen and put arrows on there because because I do software demonstrations. I, I need to sort of draw on the screen. And although there are many cheap and alternative webinar softwares, it's only GoToWebinar that's ever done that. And now the webinar host that um, GetResponse gives you. So really, there's no sort of purpose for me doing this webinar other than that I want to test it in a live situation. I want to see what the delays and, you know, what the technical hassles are in a live situation. I just want to see whether it's worth me using because it's part of my account. So, you know, we've got some registrations on the webinar. You know, you only need, I don't really need a zillion people so long as we've got an audience there. Um, I will be recording it anyway because like all good internet marketers, I'm going to turn it into a product. So I'll turn it into an automated webinar, um, you know, to, to, for leads capture. So I'm going to use it anyway. I'm going to use the recording of it um, anyway um, to, to get to get leads. And, and it's really just to um, for me to try the software live with an audience for me to get used to it. And because I haven't done a webinar in ages, and you know, a bit like driving a car, I don't want to lose my confidence uh, with it. So I'm just going to do it. Um, so there won't be any sales pitch. It's just a sort of free content-based webinar. Um, hopefully uh, it will be useful to authors because it's driving me nuts, the number of people who put their blooming author websites. You see, I've, I've been more exposed to this because I've been researching people online and I see their author websites. And a number of authors who use Wix, Weebly, um, Blogger and WordPress.com you know, all of which they don't own. They're all built on somebody else's platform. Um, and, you know, and they don't own anything. And they're building all this content on somebody else's site. If they change the rules, you know, if, if Google suddenly says, Do you know what, we're not supporting Blogger anymore, um, you know, it's just like somebody's going to pull the plug. It's really not the way to build your author site on, on these. So out of my frustration, I'm going to make a free resource available to show you how easy it is to do it when you know how. It's really easy. I do so, I've do. i done so many WordPress installations in my lifetime. I think I've done a couple this week for clients. 
Um, you know, it takes minutes when you know how, and it really isn't complicated. And once you've got that geeky bit out of the way, you might, it's just as easy as a Wix or a Weebly or a Blogger website. So it's worth going through the tiny bit of pain. But if you watch the presentation on Sunday, you'll see there is no pain. You just got to need to, you just need to know the tricks. You just need to know how it's done and how to take away the, the sort of geeky requirements of it. And, and that's what I'll be showing on Sunday. So as I say, it's born out partly out of frustration with authors building all these awful websites uh, and partly, um, you know, to sort of share the knowledge and also just to have a go with the webinar software. So, um, you know, <laughs> if I have problems pressing the right buttons and things, you'll know what it is, but I have had a dry run. It looks pretty straightforward to me so um, you know please join me at seven o'clock on um, Sunday if you're in the UK and uh, I'd love to see you on the webinar if you haven't seen the sign up link and you're listening to this just drop me a direct line I'll, I'll let you have it if you want to sign up and you can't find the sign up link and if you are listening in the UK I know that Poldark's on on Sunday I go it's really good Poldark um, really enjoying it. We we watched it on catch up this week. We're we're up to date now. So I do know that people will be watching Poldark in the UK on Sunday. So we will be done in plenty of time for nine o'clock for Poldark. Okay, it was a long one today. Sorry about that, but I hope you found it um, you know insightful at least into what's going on and you know how I sometimes have a block. I do have blocks uh, occasionally, and and I've had a big one this week. So we'll have another podcast diary for you next Saturday. We are continuing on the Saturdays until I rest the podcast diaries at the end of October now. So please don't forget to look out for episode 30. It's a big milestone for me, 30. Um, episode 30 of Self-Publishing Journeys. And that's going to be live on Monday, the 26th of September. My guest on Monday is Ian Sutherland, who writes techno thrillers. And Ian's doing some brilliant things online with Twitter. Now, remember I said that... Um, I was looking at seasons um, at the moment. Ian is doing some behind the scenes um, tests on uh, a product that he's going to be launching. I'm part of his beta testers. This is another reason, incidentally, why I'm chasing my tail at the moment, because Ian needed some information from me for this beta test. And I was so far behind from the Festival of Writing in York, which is, which is what's given me all these time delays, um, you know, taking three days out. Um, I had to catch up and give Ian what he needed. So that's why I've been chasing my tail. But Ian does some really interesting things on a separate Twitter account that I have. And what I said to Ian when I signed up as a beta tester is once you've got that going and you've got some data coming in, it would be really nice to do just a small season of maybe one to four um, updates, interviews with you just to put on the podcast feed to let people know how it's going. It's very, very interesting. What he's What Ian is doing is he's using some techniques to build an audience on a new um, Twitter feed for me. And because I've got my regular Twitter feed, which I'm just running the way I would normally do it, it's really interesting to contrast the different styles. So we're planning to do some, you know, just some quick uh, interviews on that uh, in future weeks. I'm just waiting for him to say, you know, he's set up and everybody's going and he's got some data now to discuss. But if you want to, to listen to Ian, you can hear what he's doing on, on Twitter and, and in particular, listen to what he's doing to write his books and his techno thrillers. He's going to be my guest on Monday's podcast, 26th of September. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again then. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.